All right, so we are in Psalm number 91, and uh, I want to start with a story. We're just doing a few different random things in the summertime, just trying to uh, do some thoughts that are on my mind and some things that we have uh, floating around in my brain here and there. Um, many years ago, when I was growing up, I was probably seven or eight years old. And in our house, we had a room with a big slanted ceiling in it. And my father built what we called the pantry. And it was like a, a closet closed in in the corner of that. And the, the ceiling above it was wedged. And he just put a top on it. And we ended up putting some carpet up on the top there and having a ladder to the top of this thing. We called it the loft. Okay, It was literally... Uh, maybe six foot by eight foot. And as you went down towards the edge or the back part of the loft, it went down to a tiny wedge. So you couldn't stand up in the loft. You could kind of kneel in the right spot in the loft or lay down. But as you walked by it in the room, you couldn't really see up and over it. It was probably seven feet, seven and a half feet tall. And you couldn't really see over it unless if people were up on the edge. You could just see the edge things, okay? So one time, we were getting ready to go to church. And my sister, like always, wasn't ready, right? So we thought. And we were out in the car. Everybody was out in the car except for her. Waited, waited, I'm sure there was a horn honk, and finally somebody went in and started to go through and look for her, call for her, and no answer. Called again, no answer, came back out, and then more of us went in. When we went and started looking around, all of us, where is she? Where is your sister? We looked and looked, we went up and down, and the house that I grew up in was not that big. We started to look outside, just yelling at the top of our lungs. And I remember this being seven or eight years old, my parents yelling at the top of their lungs, my sister's name, again and again and again, not finding her. And as each moment passed, the realization that she's nowhere near, she, we can't find her. All of a sudden, somebody got in the car, started to drive down the road to see if she had walked somewhere where nobody noticed her, or if she had gone back to my grandparents' house, and they were yelling and yelling and walking all over the property and up and down the road and screaming back and forth, and there was a bit of panic. What do we do next? So we went back in the house and out of the house and back in the house. And I bet you we looked at that house 20 times, screaming at the top of our lungs for my sister. Come to find out one time when we walked in, there she was standing there. We've been calling now for half an hour, screaming your name back and forth and back and forth. Cars going back and forth trying to find you outside, inside, back to the grandparents' house and everywhere. Where were you? She was asleep in that loft, tucked up in the corner. 
Nobody climbed the ladder just enough to see her. Everybody walked by and thought, she's not up there. How could she be up there? There's no space enough. You'd see her from the edge because it was open on two sides. You could see her. But yet, she was tucked enough just down in there. And then the real question was, we were screaming about four foot from your head. My sister's a little heavy sleeper, okay? <laughs> Nothing woke her up at that point in her life, okay? Nothing kept her or got her woken up when she was really heavily sleeping. Apparently, she just woke up because she was done sleeping, not because people were screaming, crawled down the ladder, and there she was standing all, you know, like groggy, like, what's going on? Has no idea the panic that is ensuing all around her, looking for her. There she was, just tucked in a little spot away, perfectly calm, and having no idea what's going on around her. Didn't really care. She was good. Everybody else was the one having the problem. Well, Psalm number 91 talks a little about this. Our world right now, if you were to describe our world in general, you can go on any level. And you may not even realize the changes that have happened, but I think most of you have seen quite a bit, even in the last two years, five years, maybe ten years of your life. Things have changed, and I would say there is much chaos. There's upheaval in almost every direction. There are things around you, things that we always just accepted. This is a scientific fact. And now, no, we don't care. Doesn't matter. We're going against that. Things that are historical facts. This is what happened. No, we don't want to do anything with that. We don't believe that. Biological facts. No, we don't care about those. Budgeting and money. There's only so much money. Everybody knew that, right? Not anymore. We don't care what money's worth. We're just going to keep printing it, keep making it, keep giving it away until we just destroy our economy. If you want to get something, you have to work. That was logical, right? You get it? You need money to buy it. How do you make money? You go to work and you get that money. Not anymore. Who needs to work, right? Just get money for free. Get stuff for free. Even laws. People go into stores, take stuff, and walk out, and they do nothing about it. Again and again and again. The world around you is not in a good place. It is in upheaval. Society is all over the place. There is panic in some people's because they see and they have no answer for why things are going this way. What is happening? I can't control this. But God has something in the way he wants you to act. David, um, actually I don't think this is actually David wrote this one. Um, in Psalm number 91, Psalm number 91 is written in such a way that talks about this, this chaos around things that are going to happen. 
and how you can live with God. You don't need to live in the chaos. All right? You don't need to live there. Psalm number 91, verse number 1 and 2 we're going to start with, please. If you will. Okay, so this is God. You think he looks different? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not drawing it because I'm trying to make it look like him. All right, I'm just saying this is God. How about that? Better? God. Woo, there's God. Okay? God's shadow. There's a shadow. Got the idea there. Okay, right. In the shadow of God, not even directly connected on God, but in the shadow of the Almighty, it says, that's where I'm going to hide. That's where I'm going to be safe. That's where I'm going to put myself, and that's my secret place. So there I am in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, how much of the world is covered by God? Where is God? Everywhere. Everywhere, there you go, okay. <laughs> Wasn't really a trick question. Everywhere, so God is everywhere, which means that God's shadow covers any situation you're in, regardless, even in the most terrible place you could be, even in the most dark place you could be, David even says in another psalm, he says, even if I make my bed in hell, you are there, right? Because there's no place that God is not. What I'm saying is any way that you can hide yourself in the shadow of God, it is not about being in a certain place. It is about having a relationship with God because he has influence everywhere. His shadow is cast over everything. He is in all places and has power in all ways and can do anything. So what do we do? We go and we look to him for a refuge. What's a refuge? You live very close to one. It's right down the road. There's something called a refuge. A safe place. We have a wildlife refuge. What do they do there? Yeah, they give them a habitat and you just can't go in and do anything you want there. Okay, you can't go in and saying, well, I'm going to push down all the trees and I am going to take out every tree because I don't like woodpeckers. Okay, <laughs> you can't do that because it's a protected place for wildlife. 
All right? So that's what a refuge is. This is a protected place for you. It is a safe place for you to be. It is a fortress. A fortress. Now, what do you make walls of a fortress out of? Stone, that's a good place to start, right? <laughs> right? Stone is a great place. And why that? Why make them out of stone? Stones are strong, right? Stones are strong. I'm not going to make it out of drywall. I'm not going to make it out of drywall. I'm not going to make it out of quarter-inch plywood. My fortress, okay? If I want to stop some sort of blow from my enemy, anything I can do, whether it be a bullet or something else, I'm going to put something really hard in the direction of them, all right? Some sort of big wall around me to protect me. And this is what God offers. God's shadow, just being in his shadow, offers protection for you. A place of protection, a place of refuge, a place where when all the rest of the world is in chaos, this is where you can go. Because what's happening around you? Verse number three. There you go. So, what is a snare? People know what a snare is? The trap. Okay? It is set, um, and there's different types of, lots of different types of tra uh, traps like that. But this is like the old, like they bend the stick down, right, and tie a rope to it, and there's a loop in it. And when that unsuspecting bird steps inside of that little thing, it catches his foot and whips up and holds him in place. That's a snare. It doesn't have to be a rope around your foot, but the idea is it's hidden and it is set to catch you. Now a fowler, what's a fowl? A bird. Okay, so this is a bird, a bird trap. Now they, people, in the world around you will set traps for you. If you believe in God, there will be traps set out there for you to try to trip you up to do things. Sometimes simple things, sometimes more obvious to you, sometimes way less obvious, sometimes way more insidious or behind the scenes looking to hurt you. Right? That's the point of a snare. It's not advertising anything. It is hidden and behind the scenes so that you can catch and trick that animal into going where you want to go and then catch you, right? They're everywhere around you. And the noisome pestilence, that just means that there is danger. Pestilence is actually, uh, is actually disease, deadly disease, okay? So there's danger loud, racketing danger all around you. This, this place that we live in has a lot of noise and a lot of things to trap you, and that's the society that we live in more today than ever. So it is more important than ever to understand where is your safe place to be. All right? In the shadow of the Almighty. Now, when you do that, um, 
he helps you and gives you uh, protection. Now, back, back in the days of Vietnam War, they did a lot of different things to trap people. Right? They used to have snares. They used to have trip wires hidden in the jungle because what they wanted to do is when, a, when uh, one of the U.S. soldiers walked in, tripped that wire, it either caught them, killed them, speared them, or blew them up. They might have bombs attached to them. They might have bombs hidden under things. When you step on them, they blow up. All right? They had tunnels and traps and pits that they'd have people come and fall to their death. They, they used to put poisonous snakes inside tunnels and things. So when you fell, you had no chance of getting out. They're there to hurt you. They were there to kill anybody they could. They'd set traps in those tunnels. And when you'd go to try to get them out, they would have traps, whole tunnels dug just to get you into a place that was dangerous and to kill you. Right? That was their, their mentality. Right? So they had specialized U.S. soldiers, and they called them tunnel rats. And they would send them down first in that place to try to smell out any bad things that are happening. These guys did not survive very often. All right? They had a hard job. That's the world we live in. There's a lot of danger out there. There's a lot of things that when you know God, people are very hostile towards God. Right? They're not friendly towards God. If they don't want God, they need to know you know God. They're hostile. But God is bigger. So we've talked about just knowing God and being in his shadow. Verse number four. So then what happens? Verse four, please. Wherever we are. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Okay. So like a chicken or a mama bird, right? They're in a nest. They take their hens and they, or their, their little chicks, and the hens cover their little chicks with their, with their feathers. Okay? They put them underneath it. There was once a farmer who went out to find, uh, after he'd had a big grass fire, he found one of his chickens out there, and she had been burned over the top of her and killed her. And he went to pick up and move the body, and there underneath were several of her little chicks saved. They lived because she covered her herself over top of them when the flames came up and over top. Okay? God does that and has that ability to protect you. How much so we're going to see. The very first thing you need though, and it says, what is going to be your shield and buckler? The biggest battle you guys will have may never be a physical battle. It will be a battle between truth and lies. That is in your life all the time. What is true today? The world has twisted what is real. It has twisted what is good. It has twisted what we thought was just scientific facts. 
and taken and used it for its own purposes, and you have a way to protect yourself. It's God's truth. God's truth is found in the Bible. It doesn't change. God set things up the way he did, and they have not changed. This has been a standard in people's lives for thousands of years, as long as it's ever been written or spoken. Okay? People may go back to this and find standards that have not changed. The world around will change. And if you use God's truth and go back to Him for truth, you will find it does two things. It becomes a shield and a buckler. What's a shield do? Do you not know what a shield is? Okay, block stuff. Okay. <laughs> How big is a shield? Well, you can have little ones or big ones, but what do you want if you want a shield? A big one, right? If you've ever seen a police shield, right, where they use during uh, riots and things like that, how big are they? Big. Like how big, though? Tall and as wide as your body, right? To your shoulders, right? Why to your shoulders? Because you're looking to protect your whole front of your body. And they create a wall with them, right? To stop things. And they push that wall forward. And that's been true and used in warfare for many, many years, right? They create a wall to protect themselves and over top. And you can see this in some, uh, where they depict oh, ancient warfare that was done where they create not only a first set of wall, but they basically arch an entire set of shields over their heads so that when they send arrows at them, they're stopping the brunt of the arrows. Okay, it is your job. That's, that's what God's word will do for you. Truth in your life will give you protection. That's the shield. A buckler is a little different. It is a shield-like device. But shields being big... You can't move them fast, right? A buckler is a one-handed shield. It is usually attached or has a very strong grip behind it, and it's usually small, like 12 inches in diameter. Okay? The point of it is to be able to be mobile and quick with it. So if you see something coming at you, you stop it, okay? A buckler is different than a shield. It can also be used a little bit as an offensive weapon to go towards that person and move in on a person. But the idea is to protect not only in general yourself, to be, but to be able to protect from all directions and to be quick and agile, okay? God's word gives you all those things. If you understand the truth of God, what he has done from setting up the world to how humans interact to all those things, it gives you protection in a very general big sense under the shadow of the Almighty. It also gives you kind of this frontal protection, but also gives you agile type protection where you can put that out and stop or block any sort of hit, okay? Specific hits. How do you use God's word to block a specific hit? 
Someone comes up to you and says, I believe in science proves evolution. They've thrown out a punch towards you or a dart towards you at that point. You then need specific knowledge of God's word to say, that's not really how it is. This is actually what it says in God's word. And that's your ability to be able to block with that agile, specific, okay? Something comes at you, you have ability to block. It is not about necessarily being smarter than another person. It is about understanding the truth that God put in and defending that truth, okay? You will probably, more than any generation, need to be defenders of the real truth because it is getting filled and filled and filled and further and further from the general public population. Society, when they throw out the laws and say we don't care how people act or react, then you're getting far away from the truth. The laws are based on God's truth. Why is it wrong to murder? Why is it against the law to murder? Who first said it? Who cares, right? Except God said, this is wrong. It comes from God's original laws. Okay, that he set up that says, I made this as a, a law of mankind, a law of nature. It is wrong to do this. And mankind's laws have modeled after God's laws of nature. Okay, so you need to have an understanding of the word in order to be able to use your shield and buckler. All right, verse number five, six, seven, and eight. Five, six, seven, eight, please. Thou shalt not be afraid for the All right, so here it is, this crazy wild world all filled with terrible bad things. And God says, you will walk through it and you will be like walking through a battle and this guy will fall and that guy will fall and this guy will fall and that guy will fall. A thousand at your right hand will fall and you will not be harmed. If God has his protection on you, make no mistake that as you are doing God's will, you will be able to complete the exact mission that God has put you here for. Precise mission God has put you here for. Not one day longer, not one day shorter than what God has put you for. And if that mission includes living till you're 97, okay, then that mission includes living till you're 97. If that mission includes a very short life, your life will still be full, a very short life in this world, okay? Your life will still be full as long as you know the Lord. There will be no mistakes. You can trust 
God implicitly to walk you through exactly what you're going to be here for in this life. Exactly. You will be guided and protected by God. Verse number nine. So there's no fear. This is what I'm saying. There is no fear necessary, though everything around you seems like it's a war zone. There is no fear because you can trust God. Here's the thing. Back to the place of my sister sleeping up on the top of the loft. The chaos, the panic all around. And she was totally unaware because it didn't really affect her. She was safely asleep in a protected little spot. God has that place for you, even when the world seems like it's being shaken upside down around you. Go to him and he gives you that protection in the midst of the battle. You will be in that midst of that battle, but you will have that protection, that little safe place where you do not have to worry. You do not have to fear about what will come next. You can just trust that God will step you through each day. That's what you do, is you give trust to God to know, I can't do this on my own, but God, I trust you to get me there. I have no answers about what's going to happen. I do not know the reason why all these things are happening, but I do know that if I lean on you, I am protected in the shadow of the Almighty. I know that. Verse 9, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. So I live in the shadow of God. I'm staying in that safe place. I continue. I go back to him. When I mess up, I ask forgiveness, and I go right back to him. And even though I, don't, I feel distant at times from God, I, I go right back and try to get to him, and I find out he loves me more each time I find out his love for me is so deep that I cannot understand it. And I know that he is there and he will never leave me to the very end of the world. I go back. Verse number 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither any plague come on thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, or that's the poisonous snake. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. So you can walk through things in your life that you never thought were possible. And God will hold you if you just treat him as your refuge. If you go to him. Stop trying to do it on your own. Go to him and you can walk through the most amazing circumstances. Make no mistake, God can get you where he needs you to do. That does not guarantee that you are going to live everyone till they're 90 here. But when God has a purpose for you, then God will keep you. He will keep your life full and he will keep your life satisfying and help you and be protected amongst a war going on all around you. People falling at your left and right all around you. You say, I'm going to stick with God and God will bless it. All right. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me. 
You find out about God's love. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is God saying when, he, when someone loves me, I protect them, keep them, put, put my hand on them. I walk through the deepest trouble with them. Regardless of how bad it looks, I will never, never leave him, never forsake him. And in the end, and this is hard to think of when you are young, the very last thing to think about is this. It says, I will give him long life. You say, well, I know people that die when they're very young. People that know God. But the longest life is awaiting for us. Life in this world may not be always long. It will be full and he will be with us. But that life continued on, he will cross right over into the next world with God. He will never leave you, even when you die. He will not leave you. You die in this world, your life continues because you were with him and you said, I love him. I want to live in that shadow of God. You walk right through to the next world with no fear. No regrets, no fear. And you say, God is with me. From then through on to eternity. It's hard to think of eternity when we're in this very much in-your-face world that's all physical and all here right now. But there is an eternity. And God helps us through that place and gives us that life that goes on forever if we love him. Simple. But it's true when when we're feeling attacked and feeling the world around us in chaos, we live in a safe place. We go into that safe place where we can literally fall asleep and the world's in chaos all around us. And it's okay because we can trust God because we're safe. We trust Him. Have no fear. Thank you very much.